0: Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants,
1: medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Hi everyone, it's Mark Stenson. Our podcast is supported by Design Hill. Design Hill is the world's number one creative marketplace that caters to the creative needs of businesses and individuals alike. You can source high quality designs from professional designers and unique products created by independent artists. Listen later in the episode for a special offer and a discount code and today we're stamping our creative passport in Toronto, Canada, and driving about 45 minutes north of the city. And we're visiting with my friend Jody Krenkel. Jody, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, it's
1: going to be so much fun. All the creative energy.
0: Hmm. Oh yes. There's yeah. lots to talk about. <laughs> lots to talk
1: about. And you know the subject of today's podcast is applying your voice, sonic branding, audio branding, all things. Audio. Jody is a voiceover. She's also a singer, which we'll get into uh, that background. <laughs> and also the host of a great podcast called Audio Branding. And now the host of a great clubhouse room called The Power of Sound. So it's what all the cool kids are doing. You're, you're just involved <laughs> in all of it.
0: I'm having a lot of fun. And I'm, you know, it's funny, because I I started the clubhouse in order to sort of make a companion to the podcast. And I've met people through the clubhouse, who are now listening to the podcast who weren't before. Yes.
1: (laughs) Works back the other way around, doesn't it?
0: It's really interesting, but I have to say that meeting people over Clubhouse is a much more intimate way of getting to know people because you're hearing their actual voices. You're not just exchanging text over computers. It's actually... I find that the relationships that I've had over Clubhouse have actually been a little deeper than the ones that I've been getting in, say, email or, or on social media like Facebook or whatever. Yes. I'm, I'm old, so. There you go. <laughs> Still Facebook. You know, or, or <laughs>
1: yeah. my MySpace account.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, Okay. That one's gone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we,
1: I haven't seen Tom lately.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: So, uh, so funny. Well, Jody, as a voiceover, uh, as we talk about creativity and how voice works in creativity, I wanted to talk about your process a little bit, because I think many people think, okay, you have a great voice. Here's a script and read it. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's so much more to the process. What What is your creative, I guess, approach uh, to the voice?
0: Oh. That's a good question. And it's different for everybody and everyone has their their own process. It depends on what your coaching has been. And let me just say that if you have a career in voiceover, you likely have had some kind of coaching. And if you haven't, you should. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that coach and it could be many different coaches because you'll take little golden nuggets from each coach that you study with and you'll learn new things. Each one will have a different way of telling you how to get into the headspace you need to be able to perform the script that you're given. And it really is a performance. It's a conversation. So even if someone is giving me this really heavy salesy copy, I'm still answering the question of someone who asked me about that product. So it has to sort of. It has to still sound human. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm not, if I don't care about what I'm saying and I don't feel like I'm having a conversation with someone, then no one else is going to get it.
1: <laughs> yes. So, well, and I guess this applies across media. you know a lot of times we think of voiceover as a commercial you know or a promo of some kind but you've done corporate narration you've Mm -hmm. done video and explainers and so when you when you say it's a conversation i guess the style is probably somewhat dependent on the medium
0: oh totally and actually it depends for me a lot on the music that they're going to be using behind the video Mm. because if they're putting a video or some kind of an ad together for whatever reason and they they have my voice on top of it they usually have some kind of a music track and that music track usually informs me of what the emotional context is of the piece so that makes it really easy for me to find the right tone for them really quickly Yes. and um, again my musical sensibilities I'm a musician so that's where I'm coming at this from I had to learn the acting end of this <laughs> but it is all acting it's all acting because you really have to be in a theater of the mind while you're doing this because it's not just in a vacuum. It doesn't just happen out in the ether.
1: <laughs> yes, that's it a is, good way to put it. I mean, yeah, the theater of the mind. And I guess then yeah. I think about the direction, the production, the, the I guess, brief that mm-hmm. you get because I, certainly to hear the music behind it, but how does one direct, you know, here's what I want more of, less of, Make it breathier, make it more energetic. I mean, when you get a creative brief, mm-hmm. what are those directions?
0: A lot of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes they'll tell me that they want it a bit brighter. When they say brighter, to me, that means more smile. Hmm. It means more, you know, animation, right? So a smile automatically gets you there. Uh, not for everybody. Everybody's trigger words are, are are different. And so um, it really depends on who you're working with and what kind of a talent you are, right? So everyone's, like I said, everyone's training is different. You have to sort of find the, the meeting point between your direction and what you understand as what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and some directors are really, really good at this. I have to say, you know, if they've worked with a lot of voice talent, there is a certain vernacular that they're using and we get to know that and it works seamlessly.
1: That's so good. Well, and most people are listening to only our audio on a podcast. Uh, but if you're seeing a video clip of this, you're, you're seeing us using our hands. You're, <laughs> yes. You a lot more. I mean, and you're talking about bring more smile to it and bring more yeah. body language to it. You, you're really quite animated, even in your, uh, what is it, five by four booth there. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> But it, it sounds it, like, it, does it help it, you to put the body definitely, behind
0: it? Yeah, uh-huh. it, it gets us there the movement of the hands and um, like for instance, if you're doing a list, a lot of times they'll say, well, it's this and it's this and it's this. And if you actually go through those things, making the motion with your hands, it sounds like you're talking about different things and that makes it sound better in audio. Mm-hmm.
1: And what are the, some of those principles, you know, when you think about audio branding yeah, yeah, You you have a certain voice, but then, like you said, they've added the stinger sound or they've added the music bed or a jingle or some other kind of branding element. Uh, what, what are you seeing as far as trends in this audio branding space?
0: Well, I think a lot of people are paying a lot more attention to it. But um, let me give you a definition first, because that way people will sort of understand what we mean by audio branding. Because I think um, uh, sonic branding can sort of be the same thing. Um, So I'm going to give you the definition that the International Sound Awards uses. They call it a brand sound that represents the identity and values of a brand in a distinctive manner. The audio logo, branded functional sounds, Brand music or the brand voice are characteristic elements of audio branding. So it's a bunch of different things that are all working together to make an audio identity for a company and to let people who hear it understand who that company is viscerally, deeply, emotionally on really quickly, actually. So for instance, appliances have different sounds and people use different music on their on hold. And they have a different voice for their commercials that you know approximates their brand values that sounds like what they want to sound like and what they feel will appeal to their target audience and you know that's why I talk a lot about having a signature voice because that voice fits your brand and people get to know that voice and they become comfortable and then All they have to do is hear a few moments of that voice and they know who it is. And it's the same thing with a a sonic logo. So, for instance, Intel's logo. We all know what that is. We all have seen that in television commercials a long time, you know, for a long time. But we don't need to see it anymore to know when those notes start. We know who it is. We can see their logo in our heads, <laughs> yes. but we don't need to see it on paper or on a computer. It's just there. And, and that's where the true power of all this is because audio hits us so fast and so deeply that once you get that trigger of hearing the sound and knowing who you are, and that sound triggering the knowing, you've got gold because mm-hmm. that translates anywhere around the world and pretty much anywhere you could hear. So, I mean, it's it's fantastic for brand recognition. Yeah, so um, true. I, yeah, I will say one other thing that I've noticed, and uh, just sort of reading up on this kind of information, is that the audio logo ends up being a lot more effective if the name of the company is in that audio logo. And they've actually done studies on this, and they have seen that brand recognition goes up hugely when their actual name is in the Sonic logo.
1: We'll be right back with our interview here on Unlocking Your World of Creativity. But first, a reminder of the discount that I promised you at the beginning of the show from Design Hill. You can get an exclusive 25% off of Design Hill's Logo Maker service. Just use the code WF25. The link is in the show notes. And remember, the offer is valid through November 30th, 2021. And now back to our interview. I know that when I wrote the book, Forward Fast Branding, under identity, I do have, but as in reflection, it's simply a sidebar that says, oh, mm-hmm. audio can be part of that identity too. But as yeah. you're describing the true audio logo, the signature voice, you realize how much uh, power that can add to the simple, what most of us think of the visual branding. You yeah, know, yeah. you can see the logo, uh, but you're you're adding this, I mean, uh, the effect it has on the, the mind and the brain and the power to create this attitude that you're describing.
0: It really is huge. And we are really going into a world right now that is very audio heavy because of things like Google Home and Alexa and all of that stuff. And how does a brand differentiate themselves when all you're doing is hearing? and this is happening in houses all across everywhere right Mm -hmm. so this is being hugely like this has been more adopted than the cell phone (laughs) yes so, I mean, it's it's incredible what's happening. Um, and you've probably seen Dr. Terry Fisher in my rooms and in various other rooms. And one of the things that I love about talking with him about this is that he says, voice is his original operating system. Voice is my OS, that's his hashtag. And I love it. He's been on my show as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's <laughs> and, fantastic. And, yeah. And one of the reasons I love that is because he points out that the, like Google and Alexa and all of these things operate based on our voice, but it took us a long time to get there, right? Like we made computers that needed us to type or to swipe on a screen, and we had to learn those things to make them efficient. And they forced us to learn these things that were not inherent to who we are. And yet now we're making these computers and, and other items that operate based on our voice. And that, is how we operate <laughs> yeah, so, so good. it's this is like a golden age of computers because it's so much easier to operate things now than it ever was and it's only gonna get easier
1: yeah and it's and, gonna and get with, easier
0: because uh, of sound
1: well yes and the, the voice directed that you won't click at all you'll just exactly. tell Siri and Alexa what you want
0: it goes backwards uh, yeah. too though because if you think about it um, you know, the the, the the elderly who are now maybe still living alone at home are able to get whatever they need by talking to a unit instead of having to operate a computer. It's much easier for them. And, you know, uh, on a very basic human level, it's someone to talk to. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and greater accessibility, as you're describing. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Well, Jody, let's uh, turn the page a little bit to the business <laughs> of being a voiceover. I mean, the creative process and the principles of audio branding are great. But, you know, uh, many of our listeners either might use voiceovers in their work or uh, we may have listeners who actually want to develop their business uh, as a voiceover talent. What, what are some of the things that make a successful voiceover business as an enterprise?
0: Uh, Making sure that you invoice timely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And get paid.
0: (laughs) And get paid, yes. But invoicing timely is a very, very important thing. Keeping track of what goes in and what comes out. So having an online invoicing system. Um, I actually use Zoho Books, but there's FreshBooks, there's QuickBooks, there's a whole bunch of other things out there that you can use. Having a professional way of sending an invoice to a client, that's huge. That just makes you look like a professional. It it makes you look like you know what you're doing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So these are important. Um, Having uh, well um, organized, I guess, email is another really big thing um, and again I'm using Google but I have so many folders and I can search through anything for years back <laughs>
1: Right.
0: so it just makes it much easier for me to remember who I was talking to what I was talking to them about what quote I gave them you know all of this stuff right you need to keep track of that. And I know that a lot of people use a CRM. I have tried that on multiple occasions and it just does not work for me. (laughs) I don't know why I just, I, 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 I'm good for about two months. And then after that, I get lazy. And
1: This time I'm really going to do it. (laughs) It's
0: it's super hard. That's why I rely so much on Google. (laughs) Gmail is like my lifesaver because everything is in that. Like I have all of my back emails, all of my discussions all of that. And I, I I, can snooze things so that they'll pop up when I need them. I mean, I find that hugely useful right there. Mm-hmm. Well, and to,
1: I on. guess to be that resource, that creative resource that uh, is the go-to, requires yeah. building that relationship and forget about the CRM operations of it, but there is customer relationships, client relationship oh, management right. yeah, for yeah. sure, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, because if yeah. you're just that voice, uh, but you have to be the person, and I think one of the things I was going to ask you about is maybe underneath that comment about billing and being professional with your emails mm-hmm. is this kind of, are you someone that the, the creators can count on? You oh, know, yes. are, are you yeah. the supplier you know, that they can turn to?
0: Well, one of the things that I make sure I do with my clients is I get them their audio as quickly as possible. And because most of what I do, if not all of what I do, is less than five minutes of finished audio, that's how I have um, kind of patterned my career. I kind of like that because I can get done what I need to get done quickly and in my client's hands, and I don't have things hanging over my head for very long. And I am one of those people that really hates having a whole bunch of things in my inbox. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that is, that's that's crazy making for me. If I have like 10 things in my inbox, it just, uh, it freaks me out a little. <laughs> uh-huh. So I need to get things done and out and invoiced and the client happy. And I don't make them wait. And in some cases I can get the stuff to them in a half an hour. Mm. So it really it depends on what's needed, when it's needed, how involved it is and uh, you know there's whether I have a live session with them or not because sometimes a client will want to actually direct me over um, Skype or Zoom or what's called Source Connect there's a um, software program called Source Connect that allows a client to direct me over that software program and they have a copy of it on their end and we're connecting through the software and they're recording on their end which is really, really cool. Often I'll take a backup on my own computer, but you know, just in case, but uh, but yeah, there are various ways of doing that. IPDTL is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called IP down the line, IPDTL.com if people wanna check it out. Very, very handy. And I've seen people use that for podcasting actually.
1: Very good. And I guess turning the tables on the other side of the desk then, what, what makes a good client? for you in terms of both communication and direction and the client relationship?
0: Yeah, I mean, knowing what they want and um, allowing me to do what I do. You know, I I tend to be on the expensive end of things. And so I I make sure that people are aware that that is the case and why. And I actually have a professional services guarantee that I send to clients before I start working with them so that they understand why they should pay a professional. Because I think some people just don't get it. Sometimes they don't understand, you know, good enough is good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here to tell you it's okay, but it's not. Going to get you that great, powerful thing happening that you want to have happen. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it, a good relationship is always really important. And I want to know what they want. Uh, I I want them to know that I want to give them what they want. That that's my job. That's what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. And if they have the music, supplying that to me is always hugely appreciated. And just knowing where and, and for what time and how many people are going to hear it, because as far as pricing is concerned for voiceovers, a lot of it is a, very similar to music licensing. So usage has to do with how many people are hearing it in what geographical area. Is it local, regional, national? Or is it just on their website and their social media without any... You know just on that stuff if it's paid placement online that's a different thing entirely that's sort of what i would consider broadcast these days because you're almost reaching more people Mm -hmm. there than you are with television these days (laughs) these
1: days that's right
0: so yeah so really that depends and then how long are they going to use it so is it a year is it three months is it six months you know um i don't tend to give there are a lot of people who will sometimes ask for what's called in perpetuity And I don't give that for broadcast at all. And the reason I don't is because I'm very conscious of the fact that if another company in that sector came to me three years down the road and said they wanted me to work with them, and do I have anything that's in conflict? If someone in their industry booked me for something three years ago and has in perpetuity, well, I'm in conflict. And that affects my ability to make a living. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that's fair of people to ask me to do. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and on your demos, I mean, you have categories ranging from automotive to recreation to casinos mm-hmm. to, you know, all of the above, right? All sorts of stuff, yeah. Is there, well, it's almost like asking, do you have a favorite food? But I mean, is there, <laughs> is there a favorite category that you find that you really like to work with and that your voice seems to fit?
0: You know what? I love healthcare. I do a lot of healthcare and a lot of um, commercials for for hospitals uh, and for um, well, I've done drug commercials as well. Um, but that kind of thing, uh, I tend to really, really enjoy doing, and it's important work. It's it's really important stuff. I also really like the hospitality area of things. So I, I love um, tourism and that kind of stuff, which unfortunately fell off over the last couple of years because of, of COVID. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that's gonna come back. Uh, for many years, I was the voice of Visit Orlando. So uh, anyone who, um, especially where I am in Ontario, we would hear it every winter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on down. <laughs> yeah, come on down to
0: Orlando. And actually, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to spend some winters there myself. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, so that I did for a while. Um, I, you know, I just, I love that area of things. I have a fairly smooth, warm voice like that's kind of, you know, so it lends itself to the warmth that you need and the hope of healthcare and and the sort of like slightly breathless excitement that you need to get for tourism and hospitality. And I love that kind of stuff. Um, and, and you know, casino work is always really fun, too, because that's yeah. just. That's just fun. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you
1: think about the music bed of that with all the coins yeah. jangling and yeah, the,
0: I mean, it's just jackpot, a jackpot. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, I'm the first to admit that I am not right for every job. Like, I know that there are certain things that people would never hire me for, and I understand uh, you know, I know a lot of really, really talented people in the voiceover industry. And if anyone needed a particular type of voice, and I wasn't it, I'm happy to point them in the right direction. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And isn't that something that all of us creative people really do like to do? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you'd like to get every job and you'd say, oh, I'm perfect for happen, everything. Though. But <laughs> that isn't right. Yeah. So, you know, but to have those collaborators and partners that you could sure. say, hey, this isn't really my thing. But it, it could be for somebody else.
0: You know, in voiceover, it's a particular thing in that we are so supportive of one another because we are all aware that we're very different. No one voice is the same as another voice. And even if they're similar, there's different interpretations, there's different underlining um, tones, there's, you know, a little bit of vocal fry or a little less of it or, you know, like all sorts of little things that color the voice to make it really distinctive and different. And we're all We're all different and we're all aware of that. So when I'm doing an audition and I know a friend of mine is doing it, I'm rooting for them. Like this is because whoever is going to get it is the person that the client heard in their head. And that has nothing to do with any of us (laughs) i mean you know just if everything else is equal you know we all know what we're doing we're all good (laughs) yes you know it's just what the client wants what they heard in their head what they feel fits their brand yeah and that's kind of part of why I wanted to talk about audio branding, because I don't know that a lot of people pay enough attention to that. It's not, it shouldn't just be the voice you hear in your head. It should be the voice you hear in your head that matches who you want to portray to the world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Cause that's a bit more weighty.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's that theater of the mind, isn't it? It's like the personality, the character, everything that you're seeing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who are you as a company and who are you trying to reach? Who do you think will get what you are? And how do you help them get who you are? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and the audio is that part. That's what it is. Yes. That's what reaches us on an emotional, visceral basis.
1: So true. Well, Jody, I'm also curious about your own personal creative path, uh, <laughs> certainly your creative training uh, and voice training. But I think if we rewind this tape all the way back to your childhood, that uh, <laughs> I, I loved reading that your parents didn't read you stories. They sang you uh, the lullabies and stories and sing-alongs.
0: Let's yeah, well, we right have sing-alongs. To that
1: inspiration.
0: Yeah, my sister and I, we, my parents, uh, we all had sing along. We were all singing together. Uh, my dad plays guitar and piano by ear, and my mom sings, and my sister actually sings. She does folk rock performances. She plays guitar, um, and she does live performances every now and again. Harder now, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and I've always been a singer since around when I could talk you know it's just always been a part of my life but again I used to play piano by ear and again all by ear I read not a note of music (laughs) Uh, so I think there are a lot of things though that that has informed in my creativity because not knowing the notes and having to compensate for that remembering tunes hearing things really well so that I can follow along that's all been you know, self-preservation for me from the very beginning, because I didn't want to be left behind by the people who did read music. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you you do these things in order to compensate for not having that piece of paper and being able to read that piece of paper. <laughs> yes.
1: And it seems like that really helped develop the ear then for oh, the totally. sound. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. Yeah. It you helps Get the voice lot.
1: just right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then thinking about the road ahead. You know, if that was the past journey, now we're uh, looking ahead. We've talked well, about all the changes yeah. in the industry and we've talked about all the changes in the business world. But what about for you?
0: Uh, We we talked about this before we started recording. (laughs) My answer is still the same. I, you know, I like where things are right now and I really don't know where they're gonna go in the future and I don't want to limit myself as to where they're gonna go. So I'm open to whatever happens in five or 10 years time. I'll be here (laughs) and I'll figure it out, but I'm not gonna make any speculations about how I'm gonna do that now. (laughs)
1: And does that, you know, I think about creative people, you know, they, they want to be open to those possibilities. But we've been trained to say you got to have your one year goals, your three year goals, your 10 year goals. Uh, What is it about that sort of, you know, it's like, just be open and let's yeah. see what comes. I, I always call it the world of yes. It's like if somebody says, well, I just say yes and see where it takes me, but- uh, Improv
0: is exactly the same way, right? Yeah. In improv, you say yes and. That's mm-hmm. that's my philosophy on life, really, yes and. <laughs> so yeah, I'll take it. And I, I you know I, I just don't think that there is any reason for us to limit where we can go in the future. I mean, you know, there are certain obvious things that are going to limit us. Yes. We can't just decide we're going to, you know, I can't decide I'm going to become an astronaut tomorrow. Sure. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's a little past that for me. But it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting
1: twist that sometimes yeah. the goals become limits yeah. rather than the goals become, you know, shoot for the stars. But rather, you know, hey, let the open sky, blue sky thinking be what it is.
0: Well, I, I find a lot of people ask you to make... Financial goals, or uh, you know, goals of how much you want to make with your company. And every time I hear that, I'm like, okay, so you put that number on it because you thought it was unattainable. And then when you hit it, you were like, okay, what now? Mm -hmm. So why did you do that?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Why couldn't you? Because you didn't have to stop there, right? Like you could have gone way further. (laughs) Why did you stop? (laughs) Yes, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So why make that number a thing? I I don't know. So maybe that's just me not wanting rules, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good, too. Well, Jody, (laughs) what a delightful conversation, informative, but also uh, insightful, but also just so enjoyable. So it's been a lot of fun smiling and laughing with you. But uh, we want to make sure people know how to connect with you and get to know your work better.
0: Sure. Uh, You can reach me at voiceoversandvocals.com, and the podcast, Audio Branding, is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. And of course, we have the Clubhouse Chats every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, and uh, it's called The Power of Sound, and I think this week we're talking about the power of voice. So it should be a very interesting conversation, and there's going to be different, you know, the power of Discussions coming yes. up. So we'll yes. see.
1: Oh, uh, it's all fantastic. <laughs> well, folks, my guest has been Jody Krangle in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's been a terrific conversation about the power of voice, about audio branding, about voiceovers, but most of all, how to apply our own creative voice in whatever endeavors we have. So, Jody, <laughs> thanks again for the conversation.
0: Thanks so much, Mark.
1: <laughs> and listeners, be sure to come back again for our next episode. We're gonna continue this around the world travel. We're gonna be stopping at all points in Europe and uh, Africa and Asia and South America. Of course, all of the cities and states in North America, uh, exploring this idea of where we get inspired for our creativity, how we organize the ideas that we have, and most of all, how we make the connections and gain the confidence to launch our work and publish our voice out into the world. That's what our podcast is all about. So for now, I'm Mark Stenson and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Thanks again to our sponsor, Design Hill, the world's number one creative marketplace for business and individuals, where you can access high quality designs from professional designers and unique products created by independent artists. You can get 25% off of Design Hill's Logo Maker service just use the discount code WF25. The link is in the show notes. And remember, the offer is valid through November 30th, 2021. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with
0: best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity,
1: and The Love.